Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hey guys, Brian Davis here from Spark Rental. Super glad to be with you. And I am excited. I've got a special guest today, Chris Lee, who's one of the founders of Landlord Gurus. He's here to talk to us all about property management, tips, tricks, hacks, and and mistakes that he's made and learned from. So Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I always like to just start at the very beginning with how you got started in property management and in real estate. Yeah. I, I basically grew up with property management. Uh, I had family members and my parents owned rental properties, you know, ever since I was a kid. So I spent a lot of my youth, you know, following them around and cleaning properties and painting, you know, that kind of thing from an early age and have just kind of stayed involved with it and, you know, uh, taken on more and more of the responsibilities. And as other family members have invested in their own properties, you know, I've kind of taken a lot of that on as well, especially in, you know, in the Seattle area where it's local for me. So, um, and then, you know, I had uh, our in-law unit that we rent out, um, experimented with, you know, both long-term and short-term rentals with that, uh, managed a handful of other, um, other people's short-term rentals, kind of the day-to-day um, aspects of that. And so, yeah, I've sort of, you know, ranged between the short and the long-term and some medium-term and uh, just kind of you know, gone, followed what, you know, my family had been doing and what my parents had been doing for years and, you know, looking at their spreadsheets and things like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and then tried to, you know, take some things that I've learned along the way and kind of tried to improve that process. But yeah, that's sort of that, that that's, right that's great. And I, I love, I love that you said that this has been a, a multi-generational I don't know, hobby investment <laughs> focus, right. uh, you know, in, in your family. Uh, and that you that you grew up around it, and you know learned the trade kind of by doing, you know, with with your family. Uh, I love that, and I love how hands on real estate is, and how that can be a a really good way to introduce, you know, kids, teenagers to the concept of investing. Uh, you know, it's much more tangible when they're out there swinging a hammer and helping, you know, re- helping you paint the house uh, as yeah, opposed they can to see it, they can see it and, you know, and, and feel a sense of accomplishment and actually see the results. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. It just, it, it feels so much more real, so much more tangible than, you know, moving paper around with a brokerage account. <laughs> I think it's a great way to teach kids about money and about investing. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And, you know, I've, I've, got kids of my own and, you know, especially when we're doing the short-term stuff and roping them into cleaning and fixing things as well. And, you know, I mean, I think they're probably still too young to totally appreciate it, but uh, <laughs> hopefully they, you know, I probably was at the time as well, but hopefully they take something. From there. Well, put them to work, you know, have them build character as, as our parents exactly. used to say. Exactly. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's wonderful. So just out of curiosity, the in-law suite, the, the ADU, the accessory dwelling unit that, that you ran out, did you end up deciding to stick with short-term for that or, or, or long-term? What would you decide there? You know, I guess it's been mostly short-term at this point. Um, 
we decided that the benefits of short-term uh, renting and the benefits of then sometimes being able to use it ourselves or to use it for family members, um, that kind of flexibility, I kind of pushed us, you know, in the way of, of, of short-term and keeping it as short-term. But yeah, we'll see as, as, you know, as the kids get older and we don't need the space as much, uh, I think the plan will, will then at that point to go long-term. Yeah, it makes, makes total sense. And, you know, I've heard that many times over from people who, uh, who, who, love short-term rentals, uh, one of the things that they always talk about is that flexibility that you just mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, on the other hand, <laughs> there's then, uh, you know, people, new people coming in into your, to your house, you know, every, uh, yeah. you know, and every couple of days. So it can't wear and tear yeah. and the labor. I mean, it's, it's way more labor intensive, obviously. Right. Every, every turnaround takes time and then, yeah. And then you just never know who you're going to get. Right. Right. <laughs> So I, I would love to to dive in a little bit deeper into some of your uh, tips and experiences as as an experienced property manager. Since we're talking about short term rentals, let's let's start there. You know, if if you had to boil down your top three tips or tricks or hacks or you know whatever you want to call it uh, for a newbie Airbnb landlord or or manager. You know, what, what would you tell them? What, what would you say are the, the top three secrets to success in the industry? Um, well, I would say for for the short term rentals, um, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, for me, it was thinking about it as less of a kind of property management exercise and more of a hospitality. You know, it, it really was about making the guests happy, um, you know, and sort of being available uh, or having somebody available. And I'd say to that end, you know, the second point is to like rely on resources, um, to help you out, whether that's cleaning or whether that's having somebody who can, you know, let the guests in. If, if, you know, if, you know, I was, I was uh, managing someone's short-term rentals in a, in a condominium building and they did not allow self check-ins. And so that required somebody to then meet every single guest and let keys. And so, you know, it, it really struck, you know, the, the impression to me was like, I got to find someone who lives in that building who can be that person, you know, so that I don't have to go every time. So yeah, you know, rely on resources. Um, it just makes life that much easier. Um, and it's worth it at the end of the day, worth that extra expense. Um, yeah. I mean, and then those sort of are the, you know, in my mind, what the, the short term and, and kind of very different than long term rental management. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's yeah. so Denny and I, my, my partner Denny, uh, who you know co hosts this show with me normally, um, it's something that we've actually talked about time and time again and heard about from people in, in your space, you know, in the short term rental space, that it's, it's much more hands on, it's, it's running a hospitality business as opposed to passive investing. Right. And, you know, landlording is like, you know, long-term rental properties are still not completely passive, of course. Um, but, you know, Denny and I have shifted our focus largely to passive real estate syndications, uh, which, you know, you just write a check and it's over. Uh, landlording is a little more hands-on and short-term uh, rentals are way more hands-on. It's it's really operating a business. Yeah, so, yeah, it really is. It is quite a bit different and does require a lot of time. And, and you know, again, 
or resources to, to, uh, to help you do that. Absolutely. Well, let's switch over and talk long-term rentals for a minute. Tell us about some of your experiences with, with long-term rentals and some of your best tips for someone who's a new landlord or, or, you know, just getting into it, you know, what would you tell them are are some of the secrets to success there with long-term rental property management? Yeah, I think um, with long-term, you know, uh, Eli and I, my business partner at Landlord Gurus, Eli and I have, um, you know, sort of identified and what we feel are kind of the main pain points for landlords. And um, that's maintenance. uh, It's, um, you know, finding new renters. Um, you know, those are kind of, and, and it's rent collection are sort of the big pain points. Um, and so, you know, to a large degree, you know, I, I recommend screening, doing proper screening, tenant screening, um, is like the biggest thing. If, if, if you can find good long-term renters, take care of the place, pay rent on time, you know, respect the property, respect the other residents, it goes a long way. Um, to making everything else run more smoothly. So, you know, people talk about tenant screening. I don't know that everybody does it. I think a lot of people rely on their their gut instinct. They say, oh, I met them. You know, they they seem great. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, having criteria in place, certain things that you need to happen, whether that's, you know, a minimum credit score or uh, income to rent ratio of a certain level, um, you know, verifying employment and pay stubs and things like that. Um, setting that criteria and then, you know, largely sticking to it and, and, you know, don't let emotions make that decision, but let, you know, the numbers and, and the truth kind of make that decision. for you. So, um, That's what I find is, is probably the most valuable and number one thing that I would start with for any new landlord. Yeah, Denny and I love to say that the quality of your renters determines the quality of your returns as a landlord. Um, yes. That, and, you know, which we use to really talk about tenant screening, right? I mean, it, right. T- tenant screening is risk mitigation 101 as, as a landlord. Uh, you, you have to have a, a system in place, like you said. Um, you cannot rely on, on your gut or your intuition. Um, and you know it, that's that's one way that you can also avoid um, accusations of discrimination, right? Uh, you know, if if you have a step by step screening system that you put every single applicant through, and you you tick off those boxes, and you you know keep copies of your reports and you know copies of your notes of conversations with with employers and with ex landlords, um, you know, if someone comes out of the woodwork and accuses you of discrimination, you can say, well, no, here are all the applicants that we had for this unit and this other person that we rented to instead of you, they were way more qualified. <laughs> so. exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, where we are here in Seattle, I mean, there are a lot of, <laughs> a lot of other rules and regulations that are required, um, you know, in terms of not only having that, that criteria and having it like advertised and posted with your advertisements, but also, um, you know, being able to timestamp those as well as, as you know, like the first qualified applicant. Um, you know, has to oh, that's right. Because Seattle does have that that rule, right? As a local right, yeah. regulation that you have to take yeah. the first qualified applicant. So you exactly. you actually do need a, a written qualification uh, uh, set of criteria yes. so that you can 
say yes or no, you you either hit the threshold exactly. or you didn't. You hit it or you didn't. And, you know, if you did yes and you're the first one to, to, to pass that criteria, then, you know, the first choice is yours. Um, yeah, so there are, you know, a lot of a lot of regulations and a lot of rules that go along with with tenant screening as well. Um, but like you said, it it all is there to protect you um, against claims of discrimination. Um, so it's definitely good to have. And it's, it's something that you know, I totally recommend for anybody. Yeah. So your you and your partner, Eli, you run a website called Landlord Gurus, like you said, to help landlords with some of these pain points, you know, Denny and I often talk about how, you know, turnovers are where like 90, 95% of the, the work of, of being a landlord comes in. Uh, so talk to us a little bit more about landlord gurus and, and how you guys are helping mom and pop landlords uh, mm. ease some of those pain points. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Eli and I, uh, we've known each other for a long time and, you know, like we talked about, I'd was managing some properties and he has some investment properties of his own and was managing other properties for, for family as well. And we just found each other, you know, talking to each other all the time about, Hey, what do you do when uh, this happens? Or if you're, you know, I've got a tenant who is, you know, doing this, what, what, what can I do? Or, Oh, the rules have changed again. The regulations have changed. Well, how do you handle, you know, your, your rental criteria checklist, things like that. And so we just, you know, we're, we're constantly bouncing ideas, you know, off each other and talking about our experiences. And so we decided that, uh, you know, there's a lot of other mom and pop landlords like us that are out there. And, and if we can get some of this down on, on, you know, on paper or on a website, um, you know, that, that information could be pretty useful as well. So that's, that's sort of how Landlord Gurus came about. And we just um, you know, started writing uh, about, you know, certain experiences we had or, you know, is to to handle this type of situation or how to handle uh, this type of tenant, and you know a lot of it comes down to tenant screening and things like that. It also, um, you know, we we sort of we're documenting our own journeys as well. You know, what do we? What are some new things, that, new tools that we can use to make this old landlord thing uh, more profitable or you know more efficient or easier or you know we don't get woken up at two a.m. You know, with phone calls from, you know, clogged toilet, things like that. So, um, you know, so we just, yeah, we're looking, you know, we're always looking for ways that we can better that experience. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of what a lot of the stuff we have on our website is talking about these different tools that are out there and technology has come a long way since, you know, I talked earlier about, you know, my family, you know, using spreadsheets and passing the spreadsheets on to me and, you know, and there's, there's a lot of other tools out there that landlords can use that, that really simplify things a lot more than a spreadsheet does or, or you know, going and collecting checks in person and taking them. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of different things out there uh, from rent collection software, property management software, um, you know, things that, you know, tenant screening, uh, online tools, things like that. So, so we write, we talk about a lot of those um, tools and products as well, um, just to, as ways to, to, you know, make the, the landlord experience um, simpler and easier and more profitable. No, that's great. And, and we'll include a link in the, the comments and the show notes here to landlordgurus.com. Chris, first of all, I want to, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, and I want to ask, do you have any, any final tips for 
novice landlords, novice real estate investors, novice Airbnb hosts, uh, or intermediate people, or even more advanced. Uh, any any final tips to uh, to make their lives a little easier and their returns a little higher? Yeah, I would just say find the tools. You know, like um, you know, in the building industry and and you know, contracting industry. You know, it's in carpentry. It's it's all about you know having the right tool for the job, and that that makes your life so much easier. And I'd say the same thing with with property management and investing is, is find the right tools that work for you that you know that, that will handle the job that you need, whether that's um, you know accounting or bookkeeping or rent collection or whatever it is. Find that right one that that works for you, and you know and rely on that. Um, you know, let it do the heavy lifting. So you know, depending, it doesn't matter what it is, but you know, find that right one. Uh, it'll go a long ways. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, technology has come a long way in property management and real estate investing. So, you know, not only can it do some of the heavy lifting for you, but it can also give you a competitive advantage in an increasingly competitive space. So, uh, Chris, thanks again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And we'll look forward to, to catching up with you soon. Yeah, thank you, Brian. We'll talk to you later. All right, guys, we will see you next Tuesday at the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern. So stay in touch. Uh, hit us up at support at sparkrunnel.com and we will catch you on the flip side. Bye now. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrunnel.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side. Yeah.